Going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled, became angry, that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you come out of her. At this moment, he left her. Now, let, let me help you with this. God never promised any of us a life of ease. But he did always promise for his children that he would be with us. Now, Paul and Silas found themselves in a difficult position, uh, one of oppression and suffering. However, they were in prison, and they experienced the grace of God. Listen at this. Sometimes in your deepest, darkest moment, that's when you experience God's love. Now, I'd like to examine here uh, the experience they had for a little while today. And it may be that some of you are locked away in a prison of pain right now, a crisis uh, this morning. Now, I want you to see that God can make your problems, your crises, turn into praise and glory. Are you, are you hearing me? All right, now, maybe some of y'all not going through anything. Maybe you got it all figured out, and maybe you made it. I know me as a preacher, as a pastor, man, I go through crises every day where I got to deal with things I don't want to, find my place, myself in places I don't want to be in, and I look for the Lord to show up. Well, first of all, if you're going to be victorious in a crisis, uh, you have to, first of all, know this, that if you're living for the Lord, there'll be a time of crisis in your life. Amen. All right? Now, now, watch this, what I said. If you're living for the Lord, there's going to be times of crises in your life. Amen. Now, so you say, well, what is a crisis? Well, first of all, a crisis is an unstable and dangerous social situation regarding economic, military, personal political or sociological affairs, especially in moving and impending uh, abrupt change, things that come on quickly. More loosely, it is a term meaning a testing of time or emergency event, that's a crisis. A crisis can also be related to a change in events that compromise the day-to-day -day life of a person and those in close circles. Now watch this. Such situations may be a loss of job, extreme financial hardship, alcoholism, drug addiction, other situations that are life-altering and require action that is outside the normal daily routine. So here in Acts 16, we find Paul and Silas, and, and it tells us again, I, I want to read that for you again, it, it tells us that Paul and Silas went to prayer. A certain damsel pops up, now, I'm going to explain this to you with a spirit of divination or uh, soothsaying, or she predicted the future. And verse 17 says, uh, she followed them all the time they were on their way to church, uh, running her mouth, talking about these men are preaching 
how to be saved. Now, first of all, the people in the region didn't even know what salvation was. They, they hadn't been uh, uh, ministered to to know who Jesus Christ was. And, and so here it is. This woman now begins to attack Paul. And Paul, being grieved in the spirit, that's how, that's how I put it, uh, turned and said to the spirit, uh, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. Now watch this. I don't want to get into spiritualism today, but you need to remember that. All of y'all got little demon flunkies hanging around you waiting to mess you up every chance they get. Now I know some of y'all don't believe that. Some of y'all don't believe in demons. Some of y'all don't believe. Some folk don't even believe in the Lord and they go to church every Sunday. But the deal is, understand this, the devil has a way of troubling you. And, and he does it at the most inopportune times, not for him, but for you. I mean, watch this. You got up this morning on your way to church, and all of a sudden, calamity strikes. As a believer, you should expect it. Why do you think that the devil is going to be happy or satisfied that you're going to worship the Lord? And so every opportunity, how many of y'all cussed this morning on your way here? I know none of y'all did. I know this is a holy place, and so I know none of y'all would do nothing like that. But, but how many of y'all gave somebody the finger as they cut? No, no, you wouldn't do that either. But, but the devil, how many of y'all had an argument before you came to church this morning? Why y'all get quiet? There, right. You, you know, the devil, whenever you're about to worship the Lord, he's going to cause havoc in your life. And so watch this. Paul is on his way to church to pray. And so the devil would bring somebody in his life to cause confusion. And so here in Acts chapter 16, uh, they, they went through this region uh, in Galatia, having been uh, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak a word in Asia. They wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbid them. And so he led them to this region. And then when they came up, uh, up to Macia, they attempted to go into Bethina, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. See, sometimes you want to go places, and you made up in your mind, you're going somewhere, and God said you ain't going. And then you want to fight with the Lord. Well, why can't I go? Because I said so. And so what you do is you go anyway, and you wind up in a world of trouble trying to figure out why your, why yourself, why your life is all jacked up, messed up, torn from the floor up. It's because the Spirit of God was speaking to you, and you didn't listen. And so you wind up going into a place, going into a situation God never intended for you to be in, and then you wind up in trouble. But praise the Lord, Paul had the wisdom and sense to listen to the voice of the Spirit. He says, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go, this is Paul, to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail for Taurus, we made a direct voyage uh, to this place. And following days, we went to uh, Nepopolis. And then from there to Philippi, which is uh, a leading city of the district of Macedonia and, Rome, and a Roman colony. Now watch this. Now we remained in the city for some days. So his will further revealed to them uh, when Lydia and some others came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, from Paul submitting to the Spirit, 
They wound up in Philippi, and you ought to be glad they did because if they hadn't gone to Philippi, you wouldn't have had the word here because that's what took the word out west. Now, hear me now. And, and so they obeyed the Lord, the voice of the Lord, and they wind up in this place, and immediately some folk got saved. Now, one of the reasons why somebody got saved was because they saw something different in Paul and Silas than they saw in all the other religious leaders that were in the region, all the philosophers, sociologists, psychologists. There was something different about the words that Paul and Silas spoke to them. Now, now watch this. So as soon as the Lord starts blessing, here comes the devil. So you got salvation. So don't think the devil going to be happy because somebody walked down the aisle and got saved today. So you got salvation, and right after salvation, you wind up in trouble. Now, you got to notice about the devil. The devil is persistent. In, in Acts 16, verse 18, it, it shows his persistency, how uh, he never stops. It says that she kept up for many days. Um, you hear that? She, she, she didn't stop. For many days, she tormented Paul and Silas uh, in front of these people who were hostile against they were, what they were teaching because it was a Roman providence and the gospel wasn't allowed to be preached there. No religion except whatever the Romans believed was allowed to be taught in the place where Rome is occupied. Because what would happen is you would be wind up thrown in jail, have your head cut off, nailed to a cross, or killed. And so in this providence, governed by Rome, you weren't allowed to share your faith. Now, now there's a problem because we're not Rome, but a lot of us still don't share our faith. So he, he goes on and he, he says, now, remember this woman wasn't saying this in front of Jews because this was basically, basically a Roman Greek-speaking people and some Latin. All right, so the devil's not stupid, but he's also persistent. So don't think that because you have troubles and you pray, they automatically will go away. Yeah. I know that rhymes a little bit, so y'all can laugh. <laughs> don't think because trouble come your way, because you pray, they're going to go away. As a matter of fact, that may be the beginning of your troubles intensifying. See, because if you're born again, if you've been saved by the blood, of Jesus Christ, then the Lord will always and sometimes, most of the time, put you in a place where your faith's going to be tested. Now, now, we all get hyped up when the praise team is praising and, 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 and the praise dance and the praise dancers are dancing and we get caught up uh, because of the emotions and the drive of other people. But what about your drive? What, what about your drive when the praise dancers aren't dancing and the praise singers aren't singing and the music's not kicking and you're out in the middle of the street on your job in your neighborhood, around your house? What about your enthusiasm then that you had when you were in church on Sunday morning? See, Paul was on his way to church and he met the devil in a woman's disguise. So, so here it is, back to verse 18. Uh, and, and this she did all for many days. And then Paul finally got tired of it and said, listen, chick. <laughs> like, all right, enough. And you give me a headache, back off. All right? And the Bible says that from that moment on, she was freed up. Now, the devil has no power to stand against the Lord. I want you to know that. All right? When you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, 
when you have committed yourself to walk in the power of Christ, there is no force in heaven or on earth or in hell that can stand against you. And so some of us who haven't taken on the battle cry, who haven't stepped up to the plate, when you know God's been calling you to move into action, get off your couch, put down your laptop, put down your mini pad, put down your phone, stop texting people and start talking to people about the Lord. When you know that God has called you to that, to do that, then it's time for some of us to step up to the plate. Now watch this. The devil can't hurt you. Look at your neighbor. Say, he can't hurt me. Say, he can put stumbling blocks in my way, but he can't hurt me. And see, he can't hurt you because of what you're covered with. See, see you, you had some, some, some sin, some stuff in your life that OxyClean couldn't clean. Uh, bleach couldn't bleach it out. Bluing couldn't blue it out. But it took some crimson red blood to wash you white as snow. And, and so what you got to realize then, if you've been born again, then God expects you to walk in holiness and in righteousness no matter what situation you find yourself in. Whether it's on your way to church, whether you're on your way to work, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your community, there is, there is something in you that ought to stand up and people ought to see a banner in front of you that says who you are. Now, one of the problems is some of us got banners, and that's why we don't want to know people, wanna, want people to know who we are. We're incognito. You know, we hiding. There I go, church. That's about all he's going to get out of you. And some folks saying, well, you, you don't need to go because you ain't changed yet. I, I'm just saying. Uh, but, but in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says, Beloved, uh, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, say the Lord, and I'll re I will repay. Listen, you don't have to get even with people for what they've done to you. All you got to do is stand. Yeah. See, one of the problems with us, we're in this world, because we're attacked, by people, by, by things, by situations. We want to get even and we want to get back at folk. But watch this. And I heard somebody say it this morning. Don't you know that people are watching you yeah. be, because of the brand that you say you represent? Yeah. And, and so people are watching to see if you're for real or you're phony. Yeah. You know, are, are, are you a Christian or you're a Christian phony? I mean, like, what are you? You know, do you even know who you are? Yeah. See, one of the problems with us as believers, some of us don't know who we are. Not only don't we know who we are, we don't know whose we are. And so when you find yourself in a position like Paul, sometimes it's hard for you to react because you don't know which one of you is supposed to show up. Is, is, is it your flesh side or is it your spirit side? I, I ain't sure. You, you know, the pastor wants you to do some stuff, but I don't want to show up because I don't know which one of me might show up depending on what he might want to do. He might see the flesh in me instead of the spirit. I'm, I'm just saying. There will be people all the time accusing you of evil when you're trying to do good. Paul was on his way to church to pray. He, he was going to pray for the people, and he was going to pray for his other teammates who were serving around that part of the world at the time. So he was going to minister, to pray, to give the Lord some glory. But what happens in verse 19? It says, when her masters saw the hope that of, of, of their gain, 
was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw them in prison. In other words, when Paul and Silas stopped this woman from talking, the people she worked for just lost money. Because she had owners who owned her, and from her telling the fortunes, people would come to her to know what the future was going. That's why some of y'all got stay out on palm reading places, uh, the, the, you know, looking at your horoscope. You know, that, that stuff don't work, man. You know, you tell you, go out, it ain't going to rain, and then the storm's outside, right? So, I mean, you know, stop believing in that stuff. But, but here it is. Here it is. Uh, they, they're going to do good. This woman comes after them, accuses them of evil. Don't you know every time you do good, the devil always going to... And stop blaming everything on you. You got some evil, mean-spirited people that live in this world. And every time you try to do good, somebody, and sometimes even in your own church, going to have something negative to say about what you did. You know, Pastor, they should... I don't know why you let them do that. You don't realize all the chaos is charging. They, chaos. You know, there's order. But I don't care what you try to do good, the devil is never going to be happy. Do you realize that? And so you can't get caught up in the devil's emotions, him trying to discourage you, discredit you. You've always got to begin to look to the Lord. Every time you feel discouragement in your life, don't look at your issue. Don't look at the problem. Look at the power of Christ in your life. And so Paul got confronted with an evil. He just simply said, okay, get out of him. So you got to have that much faith that you believe the Lord's working in you so much and so powerful that no matter what comes your way, you can stand against the wiles of the devil, according to Ephesians chapter 6. Paul and Silas are, 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 are falsely accused by, a selfish, by selfish men because they were losing their money. That's why some of us won't minister to drug addicts. Lay for drug addicts. We won't, miss, we, we won't minister to drug dealers. Y'all ain't hear me. Maybe y'all don't have drugs in Delaware. We got them in Philly. You won't, you won't minister to drug dealers, and the reason is because uh, you're taking away their money. If, if you start messing with their people who are selling their stuff on the corner, uh, then what's happening is you're starting to mess with their money. And so you, you won't approach them. Some of y'all don't even talk to Jehovah's Witnesses. I told my wife I wasn't going to do that today, be talking about people, because I know this is on the air, and y'all going to be getting all kind of hits next week. But some of y'all won't talk to Jehovah's Witnesses because you don't know what to say to them. So they knock on your door, and, and so you'll tell them I ain't home. Or you're peeking out the blinds, and, and you see them. So, so, so you, you don't want to talk to them because that little green book they got, they know that book, man. You know, some of us, uh, I don't know if you know the word or not, but they know that little book. And sometimes they make you look pretty bad with that little green book they got, and you don't know that much. Because you don't go to Bible study, you don't go to Sunday school, you ain't taking no notes down during the message. You, you know, so when it comes time for you to take a stand, the power that you need to stand in, it, 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 somebody else got it because you didn't show up for what you needed to show up for to learn the word of God. And, and, and then be arrogant and God, well, I got, well, it don't take all, it take that and more. Uh, but, but you need the word of God to be able to stand against the devil when he attacks you. Now watch this in verse 22 and 23. Look what it says. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrate ordered them stripped, beaten, and thrown in jail. So watch this. Always expect, whenever you're attacked, for somebody who don't even know what's going on to jump on their side. Mm -hmm. 
Now watch this. That's if you're standing up for the Lord. I mean, if you got your own little personal thing going, your little something, something on the side, then, you know, then, then you know, you stuck out there by yourself. But I'm talking about if you, um, if you out there and you living for the Lord, um, your attack is coming. Remember Jesus? Uh, remember they threw, him, they threw him in jail, beat him up on Thursday night, right? All these people showed up. They never even met him before. Say, so, yeah, I heard him. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, they lied on him. Well, what make you think people are not going to lie on you? Just because you saved? Right? Because you're a Christian? No, people lie on you quicker than they lie on anybody else. Because you know why? You're supposed to act differently than everybody else. Yeah. Now, now, watch this. So, it, it, it says here, when, when they arrested, uh, when the rest of the people in Philippi heard the false accusations against these men, they turned on Paul and Silas, and, and like a pack of raving dogs, right, they hurled them into court. They were beaten and thrown into prison. Now, the word cast means to throw something. And, and so it doesn't just simply mean to place. It means to throw. It means to throw off. Uh, uh, just like you, you're supposed to cast your cares on the Lord. You know, when you're in trouble, when you got stuff going on in your life, instead of you holding on to it, you, you, you need to cast it off of you. You know, just like Paul and Silas were cast into jail, your troubles need to be cast to the one who's able to keep you from falling, the one who has the power to sustain you, even in the middle of your worst trial and tribulation, the one who never quits, who never gives up, who never fails. That's the one you need to learn how to cast your cares on. And so the Bible says that they were cast into prison. Now, Paul and Silas, uh, they, they were thrown into prison, into the inner prison. So in other words, the outer prison, any of y'all ever go to Phoenix? Used to be greater for, well, man, I ain't asked you, was you in jail? I said, did you go there? I, I mean, you know, like 12, I, I belong to this organization, Community Forgiveness and Restoration. It's uh, Pastor Larry Anderson from Great Commission. Uh, he's our, our chairman, I'm the co-chairman, and Penny McDonald, who is our um, coordinator, uh, directress. Um, we, we have an organization. We go in there 12 times during the course. We have a 12-week program uh, that we, we do up there. We go in there for 12 weeks, and we do training. It started by this guy, brother named Tommy Robinson, who's a lifer in prison. Got tired of seeing young black boys come in and out of jail, go out, come in, go out, come in. And so he started this organization, but he needed somebody on the outside to help him uh, to, to, to get it going, to, to meet some people who had some influence who, who could help to change the face of how prison looks so it didn't look like so many of y'all. Uh, and and so, so what happens is, uh, we, in, inside of the prison, there is, there, there's an outer prison that, that you go in before you go into the prison. Now, now the outer prison, you, you got a little bit of freedom to walk around. The inner prison means you locked up secure. You, you can't get out, uh, there's no movement, as a matter of fact, they have another place that's an inner inner prison. So if you want to go outside and get some fresh air, they, they cordoned it off. They got these little square boxes with razor wire all around it. Um, you know, so, so that, that's your cool out place. So they want to make sure you can find. And so that's what they did to Paul and Silas. They made sure that they were in the inner prison, which meant that they were deep down in a hole. 
And so the prisons that they had back then weren't like the prisons they got now. They didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have toilets, right? They didn't have bathrooms. Wherever you went to the bathroom, that's where you went to the bathroom, and you stayed there in it. And so here it is. Paul and Silas were handed over. They, they were thrown into a deep, dark cell that would have been a nasty place where more worse than you could even imagine. They, they would have been chained in mud and filth and human waste. I'm trying to paint a picture for you so you know what these men had to face and stand against. It would have been a dark, dark, dreary, dirty, disgusting, dangerous dungeon with mice and rats and roaches. Uh, they, they were there for no other reason than proclaiming their faith in the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question. When was the last time I, somebody locked you up for proclaiming Christ? You know, what, what, every time I look at a church, I look at churches and I say, why aren't there more people? Even though there's a lot of people here, I still see some white seats. There shouldn't be white seats. Those, I should see colors in them seats from different color shirts and blouses and, you know, suits y'all got on, you know, different ties. But, but there should be no white spaces. As a matter of fact, this building should be so overflowing in a place like Delaware, you, you shouldn't be able to see the back of the hallway. But that's another story for another day. Now, watch this. Uh, uh, warning about crisis. I'm going to give you a warning about crisis. Uh, God never said that life would be easy for you. As a believer, as a matter of fact, the Bible is very clear uh, and opposite that that's not true. In Ecclesiastes 2.17, it says, Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of my spirit. In verse 23, it says, For all his days are sorrow and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. Uh, other verses teach the same truth in Job 14, uh, 1 and 5, 7. And in Psalm 90, it says that even if you live to be 80 years old, your life is full of trouble and struggle. So don't you believe that because you save that your life is going to get easy? No, that's when life gets hard. See, and the reason why life gets hard because now you have to stand in opposition to the world and its philosophies. Yeah. Uh, there's some stuff I don't want to talk about right now because I want y'all to get some nasty things on your Facebook page. But they, there, there's some things that you got to stand against as believers, and, and you can't back up. You, you can't be afraid. You got to meet the challenges head on because some folk don't know they live in evil. Some people don't know that they're on their way to hell. Yeah. And some people think that they're included because they just named the name of Christ. Yeah. And so because I say I'm a Christian, that means automatically I'm going to heaven. No, if the Spirit of God is not in you, then you're not saved. Yeah. If the Spirit of God in you, it's going to cause you to change. And so even if you got wickedness in your heart, people don't use that word no more, but even if you got wickedness in your heart, God is still every day changing you, not to be like you were yesterday, but something new. And so here it is, Paul and Silas on their way to church to praise the Lord. And they got caught up in all this mess. Somebody mouthing off at them, some folk lying on them, got thrown in jail, sleeping in a dirty, nasty condition. Listen, there'll be times when trials and sufferings will dominate your life. 
See, I know y'all probably got it pretty easy. That's why I ain't getting a whole lot of amen, amens up in here. But life sometimes, uh, troubles will dominate your life. And, and see, if you're not saved, then you can take it the easy way out, the way we used to do it back in the day. You just go do a little something, something. I mean, you, you know, you take care of business, you're all right. You, you know, but no, if you're going to live for the Lord, then, then your life is going to be full of challenges. And the reason is people are opposed to you and what you believe. If Paul and Silas didn't have a message, they wouldn't have been in a mess. Y'all don't, don't hear me. If they didn't have a message, they wouldn't have been in a mess. In other words, if they weren't proclaiming the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that salvation comes only through him, they would have never got picked on by this woman, thrown in jail by a mob. There will be times when you, you'll do your best to serve the Lord, but he, he'll still put you in a prison situation. Yeah, sometimes God will put you there because there's some folk in prison need to be delivered. I ain't never wanted to go to no jail. I did everything I could do to stay out of jail. When all my friends were going to jail. And where I find myself? In a jail for 12 weeks. Ministering to other brothers, but I'm glad I'm there because somebody there needs to be set free. Yeah. And if it wasn't for a group like ours, like Community Forgiveness and Restoration, being willing to go in and to help some brothers not to go back in, then we wouldn't be doing what the Lord called us to do. See, too many of us like sitting on the outside on the fray of the action, but we don't want to get involved. We want to tell people we're rolling like Christ, but we ain't in Christ. I mean, yeah, you with him on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, there's another issue in your life. Now, I'm sorry, I ain't want to go there. Uh, sometimes it will be worse than you could ever imagine. That's your troubles to the point that you want to die. I've been there. I went through that. I went through a time where I wanted to get, just take my own life. And I'm like, Lord, why do I need to live? He said, because I told you to. Because I got a mission for you. I got something for you to do. And you don't even like what I'm about to put you in. I didn't want nothing to do with church. I ain't like church people. I'll tell you right now, I ain't like y'all. I ain't like going to church. I ain't like being in church. I ain't like church music. I like jazz. But man, I don't hear that stuff. You, you know, listen. I mean, the truth is, we spiritual. You ain't that spiritual. You came from somewhere, and every once in a while, your flesh rises up. Not y'all. I'm talking about somebody else. In Matthew 10, it says, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. Listen, you can go anywhere in America and say anybody's name you want. You can say Buddha, Allah. You can say Harry Krishna. I mean, Krishna. You can say anybody you want. Jehoshaphat. You say him too. I mean, but, but listen. Mention the name of Jesus and watch all hell break loose. Yes. All right? I mean, they had some weird things that they did in Philippi. They, the Romans worshipped pigs. That was their sacrifice. They would sacrifice a pig uh, for, for blessings for the coming year. I mean, do some study. They, they, they worship pigs. Sacrifice them on the altar. Right? right? Um, but, but listen to this. We're called to stand against those things in this world of the evil. Now, I, I know it's not what any of us want to hear, but those are the facts, beloved. Amen. You've got
got to be willing to stand against those things that other people won't stand up against. And sometimes, man, it'll cause you friction and hurt in your life. But if you're going to move like Jesus moved, you can't be scared. If you're going to roll like Paul rolled, you, you can't be scared. How to be confident in crisis. I know i got to hurry up. Uh, how to be confident in crisis. When Paul, and, when Paul and Silas found himself in prison, in a prison experience, they, they were hurting and humiliated. Imagine somebody stripping your clothes off, whipping you out in the middle of the street, and then throw you in a nasty, stinking dungeon. All right, they were humiliated and in need of some encouragement by somebody. Sometimes when you're going through, beloved, you, you all got to listen at this. Sometimes when you're going through, stop giving people church talk. All right, right away, you, you want to pull out the Bible, John 3.16. Man, you know, you know, Philippians 4.13, you know, so I can do all things. Man, I ain't asking you, I'm, I'm hurting right now. I just need somebody to comfort me. Yeah. You know, I need, I need somebody to love me. I, I just need somebody to tell me, listen, man, I, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, maybe if I know humanly you're there, then I'll listen to the Christ that you tell me delivered you. Yeah. But, but if I, you, you know what I, you know, one of the things I hate, I, I just, I don't say hate. I just like these folk who, anytime you see them, right, and you want to say good morning to them, say, come on, brother, how you doing? Hallelujah, you? praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> come on, man. I, I know that. You know, you know I, I'm hurting, right? I, I got some pain in my life. And you're telling me, brother, if you get a little bit more faith, you're going to be all right. No, no, I, I got faith. I got more faith than you do. But right now, I also got a pain in my heart. I need to be delivered. And so Paul and Silas there, watch this. They, they find themselves in prison. No, nobody didn't encourage them. Uh, last night, you, you went to bed. You're on top of the world. Tomorrow, you wake up, the world on top of you. I mean, here it is. Paul was just going to church to pray. And now he finds himself in the middle of a mess with nobody to help them. Yeah. They followed the Lord. The Lord told them to go to Philippi. Yeah. They, they were going somewhere else. The Lord said, no, you can't go there. I bet you I wouldn't have been thrown in prison if I had went over there. You know, Paul could have said that to himself. I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he ain't questioned the Lord. Lord, why'd you send me here? You know, it was cool over there. No, there was a message they had to get out. God got some of y'all in places right now because there's a message of hope that he gave just to you to give somebody else. And you got to free yourself up in the Lord so you begin to deliver the message. Don't be scared, man. We got him in the house. If y'all was in my church, I'd bust on y'all right now for answering me like that. We got any men in the house? Yeah. See, 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 that's the kind of thunder that you need in the streets. That's the kind of thunder that you need in the home. You, you need men who are willing to stand up and be what God's called you to be. The leaders in your community, the leaders in your home, the leader in your family, the leader on your job. You, you want to have a heart like Paul. Paul wasn't a rumbler, but Paul was a fighter, and he fought with the word of God. Now, now watch this. And so they find themselves now in prison. So how do you do this? How can you have confidence in the middle of a crisis when it seems like there's no hope? You ever been there? Didn't seem like it, was, it, looked, it looked like it was over for you. You were done. It was at the end of the road. You might as well just take it. I mean, you, you ever been there? 
But, but beloved, you, you got to always remember this scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Your understanding tells you I'm in prison. Your understanding tells you I'm locked up in these chains. Your understanding tells you there's no hope. Your understanding tells you, man, it's a great day, man. They about to take my life. Uh, I don't know what to do. The understanding is I don't have any money to pay my bills. Understanding is I got this sickness in my body and I don't know what to do. Your understanding is my mind is all screwed up and twisted up. And I'm not thinking right and thinking straight. And I, I'm about to lose my mind. I, I want to take my own life because I'm tired of living in it. Do you know how many people think like that? But, beloved, you got to remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out to your own understanding. Don't be looking at your problems. Look at your God. The problem with us, we keep looking at the problem, looking at the situation, and forgetting that the God who is God, who delivered you, who saved you, who made a place in heaven for you, is seated at the right hand of God, making intercessions for you, covering you, gave you the Holy Spirit to keep you until the day of redemption. How can you lose with the stuff you use? And so it doesn't matter who comes against you. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter how deep the trouble, it doesn't matter how dark the night, you got to realize that the God that you serve got up out of the ground with all power in his hands. And so the power that he had, you got. And you got it in the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. How can you have confidence in a crisis when it seems like there's no hope? You got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. But this is what I love about Paul and in, in closing. And I know a lot of preachers say in closing and they preach for 25 minutes. I ain't doing that. Watch this. So it looks pretty glim for our boys. Paul and Silas, they in a nasty, stinking cell. No hope. No lawyer. See, we just depend on everybody else to get us out of trouble, right? No lawyer, no judge on their side. Listen, they didn't even have a nurse to come in and doctor their wounds. I mean, at least in prison now, you get cut. They send a doctor in and stitch you back up. They send you back, but, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, you got beat in the head by the car. You know, they give you some aspirins. You know, one of the inmates beats you up. And you got a headache. They give you something to take the pain away. You know, but, I mean, they didn't even have anybody to wipe their brow, to wipe their forehead, to wipe the dirt from off of their faces, or to bind up their wounds, but they're locked up in these, in, in these, these, these shackles, they call them. You know, shackled hands and feet, bound to the dirt and the mud. What is one to do? I love Paul and Silas because the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. See, see, the answer to your dilemma is not you trying to do more than you can do. The, the, the answer to your problem is to pray to the one who's able to keep you in all your ways. You remember what uh, the Lord told Laban when, when he was after Jacob? He said, if you even mention his name, I'll take you out of here. In Isaiah 41, the Bible says that Isaiah, uh, the Lord said to Isaiah, your enemies, uh, nobody will know who they are tomorrow. Uh, I'll erase them from memory. See, see, that's the God that you serve. And that's why Paul, knowing that he's going to be killed at any moment, him and, and Silas, they stood in this prison, shackled hand and foot, and not willing to denounce the God that they serve. Too many of us denounce Christ in this world that we live in. 
there are religions in this world, in our country, that are growing more and more and becoming uh, more rapid and, and more expansive and is the number one growing religion in this country today. And one of the reasons why all these other religions are growing is because we stopped talking. We became ashamed of the God that we serve. The, the one that we said uh, saved us and delivered us. Well, I love Paul and Silas because the Bible says at midnight, just before the break of dawn, that Silas and Paul, Paul and Silas, begin to pray. And, and they called out to the one who could keep them. See, some of us got to stop calling out to the people who can only do small things for you, have limited power and ability, and you need to call out to the one who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Yeah, your situation jacked up, toe it from the floor up. Don't look like no hope or help for you, but when you call on a name that's above every name, the name that one day every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess. Uh, the one whose name is Jesus. Uh, you got to be willing to say his name. Uh, you can't be afraid to say his name. What's his name? His name is Jesus. You, you got to have heart enough in the middle of your battle to call on that name. You, you know, they took stuff out to school. They took plaques off the walls, the Ten Commandments. Man, no, you need to know how to call that name Jesus. But you can't call what you don't know. Uh, just going to church every Sunday morning ain't enough. You, you got to have the word embedded in your heart. See, because when dark times come, you can't grab a Bible. When dark times come, you, you can't grab your tablet. It's got to be placed deep down in the bed of your heart. So when you're in trouble, that name you can call. And sometimes you, you don't have strength enough to call a name. And sometimes you just got to moan a little bit. Uh, so that's why I like the more country people. They knew how to moan. You know, uh, they be in trouble. And, uh, now, I ain't getting ready to hoop up in here, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes when the words won't come out, it, it's the melody and, and the thought in your head and your heart that God will hear from you. But I, I like Paul and Silas because it says uh, they, they prayed and then they sang. They prayed and then they sang. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 says, uh, making songs and hymns and spiritual songs and making melodies in your heart unto the Lord. You, you want to have a song to sing for the Lord. You, you want to have a declaration of who he is. So when you're in your time of trouble and nobody else can help you, you can just simply sing out to the Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Listen, you got to have your own little something, something for the Lord. So when you need to call on him, there's a melody that you can sing that can't nobody sing like you. That there's a verse that you got that nobody else got a verse like that. Because that verse and that melody is attached to your trouble and your pain. But it's also attached to the one that you love. Next time you find yourself in a dark place and you don't know what to do, you got to pray and sing. You, you, you got to pray 
and sing. You, you got to know the one you're praying to. Every time I pray to the Lord, I know who he is. I don't care how bad my stuff is. I don't care if I caused it. When I'm like David, man, David said, Lord, uh, Lord said, well, you messed up. Do you want me to give you to your enemies or you want me to deal with you? Lord, I can find grace and mercy in your hands. I know who it is that I go to when I'm in trouble. But I know him because I tried him and tested him. And I know that he's all right. I know he got power and strength and he can deliver me from my trouble. So the Bible says, watch this. Not only did the Lord, uh, did the chains pop off Paul and Silas. Ain't nobody used no key. It was faith that unlocked the chains. It was faith that unlocked the door. And the chains fell off of Paul and Silas. And guess what? The guard, the guy who was guarding them, knew that if they escaped, he was going to get their punishment. So he hollered out, what must I do to be saved? See, when you put yourself in a place that God's called you to, somebody around you, go find out who Jesus is. And it's not because of what you say, it's how you live. Paul and Silas called on the Lord. The Lord showed up. Somebody got saved. When God calls you, you got to answer him. When he calls you, no matter how dark the place, you got to go. Because confidence in a crisis comes from knowing the confidence breaker, the confidence keeper, the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Oh, I can see Paul and Silas say, yeah, I'm in jail. That's all right. I've been locked up, but I'm not locked out. Yeah, I've been messed up, but the Lord is lifting me up. How to escape the dark night. Confidence in the crisis. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. He set Paul free. He set Silas free. Are you bound up today? There's freedom waiting for you. Not necessarily physical freedom. Some of y'all are enslaved in your mind. There's some folks still enslaved to drugs and alcohol. They, they, there are some women who don't know how valuable they are. That they, you're God's daughter. You're, 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 you're his, his child and he loves you. And you don't need no man, you need Jesus. Yeah. You, you know, there's some man who, who thinks all he needs is to get a woman and somehow that's going to change his life. I got bad news for you. It don't work that way. She might be worse than what you left. <laughs> Some folk think you need more education than you do need education, but that's not the cure-all. Right. Man, you don't need another friend. You need a friend who's going to stick closer than a brother. You need the Lord. You need Jesus. And if you're here today and don't know who he is, you've been going to church for the last 20 years. <laughs> 